from New England to the world. Streaming online at MorningBuzz.com and on iHeartRadio. This is Greg in the Morning Buzz. We haven't even started and Ryan's got a headache. Already haven't even started. You know. Folks, I can only tell you that there's this, this things that happen in the break that I just, I can't talk about. Well, you can't. But, but, no, I'm not going to. I don't I want to. Not. No, I know you're not. I know you're not. It just, it, it's always an education. That's all I'm going to say. It's always an education. I come here and I feel much more knowledgeable yes. about things. I, I'm not going to say what we were talking about, but it's like grabbing somebody from the 40s. And pulling and, them. And pulling oh, yeah. them like, like right into our studio. I, Ryan is, I think, one of my most innocent friends like innocent in the sense that he's not you know it was just an expression that i yeah. hadn't heard before and so it just kind of taint no big deal i mean it's cool <laughs> right just, <laughs> i'm just not going there he I'm almost fell out. out of his chair almost like okay oh, anyway sides are, that, is, that is the best uh, i love I, I just i just didn't respond and so they all knew that i didn't know what they were talking <laughs> right. about and, and i know <laughs> it's great i it's, i love that about yeah, you i love that are. you're that way here however we, here we are when i was taking uh, spanish in college yes. uh the professor said i'm going to teach you every swear word because i don't want it used around you and have you not know what people are saying and there was a wisdom to that. Sure. Because when he came to America and, and started to learn English, people were saying things to him that weren't nice. He didn't know the difference. So that's why right. it's I, important to know that No, stuff. I, I feel... Not that that's ever going to come up in a conversation <laughs> again. Okay? In, in my All right. Life. All right. So... <laughs> But now I know. Oh, now, you know. now you know. <laughs> I feel like it's good that we've introduced you to some of. <laughs> yes, we yes. horrify I, him. I can. I can tell you that there's. I. I'm hopeful that when my children become teenagers, I will have a better understanding. Understanding. We are your go-to resource. I am going to okay. be. Okay. I am, All right. Literally, I'm going to be. All if right. you could have saw the look on his face, <laughs> just. He, Scotty puts both the hands up like he's going to touchdown. Goes. I love legal Tuesdays. All right. Well, anyway. Anyway. We, so we've back to the, your question. Yeah. Here. The, uh, here's the question. Let's start yes. off right here. You can email your questions, legal questions. And you know. It, and the great thing about Ryan is, is if he doesn't know, he's going to say he doesn't know. He's not going to fudge the answer because you got to be very careful when you do this. Right. You, got, you, you either know it or you don't. Right. If you don't know it. Uh, so here's the first one. Okay, uh, Ryan, my ex-wife and I got divorced four <laughs> years ago. She up and left and moved with my two children to Massachusetts while we were living in New Hampshire. We went through mediation, and at the time, my ex-wife didn't have a steady income. She took clients here and there. Since going to mediation and settling on child support uh, payments, she almost immediately got a full-time job Monday through Friday. She threatens to take uh, me back to court all the time to ask me for more child support. She claims, because her and the children now live in Massachusetts, that the child support modification would go through the Massachusetts court, and I would have to pay more. Technically, wouldn't I pay less if she now works a full-time job? Well, here's the interesting thing. The child support calculations, and I want to only speak to the New Hampshire statute because there's actually a guidelines that are followed here in this state. You first have to determine which court of jurisdiction had control over that subject. So in that situation, I'm not so certain that it would necessarily be a Massachusetts uh, calculation. It may be a New Hampshire calculation. Once you put the numbers into the worksheet, it could be possible that you may have to pay more just based on the fact that the income ratios are still almost the same. And that's why having a lawyer look at those things before you engage in litigation, both if you wanted to modify them yourself or she was going to modify them, you want to have a real good calculation of what those look like. So is, is it's that, not that straightforward. Is that a common thing where people will move to another state to, to benefit from their laws 
in that state and then use it against the person back home? No, it, it isn't because to move state subjects your family to an incredible uprooting mm-hmm. and to have the children particularly be removed from a school or from mm-hmm. the community that they're accustomed to being. First of all, that's very difficult to do in the first instance right. from a legal perspective if someone were to fight it. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anyone trying to take advantage of it in that way. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's not, I would expect, a common thing. Okay. All right. Uh, email your questions. Greg Roadkill, Laura, morning, at morningbuzz.com. Laura. Last week, my 17-year-old daughter was pulled over and charged with reckless conduct. She was pulled over for excessive speed and racing. Uh, arrested, car towed, went to the station. The officers reduced her charge to reckless operation because they decided she wasn't racing, just speeding. Uh, said she was going 61 and a 30. We've gone back to the location. It's posted at 40. She was still speeding, but does it not qualify now for reckless operation? She has a court appointment on October 9th, and we told we would get a hearing date then. We have no clue what to do next. Please okay. help. So reckless operation is operating a motor vehicle on a public way in a manner which would endanger the lives and safety of the public or operating a motor vehicle on a public way and traveling in excess of 100 miles an hour. The statute recently changed on that subject. In this circumstance, the question of endanger the lives and safety of the public is a subjective matter for which a judge would have to determine having heard evidence from the officer. I will tell you that the offense carries with it a $500 fine with a 24% tax, a 60-day loss of license, and I think the question was led with that she's 17, so she's subject to what's called the under 20 statute, whereby if you have a motor vehicle offense, the Department of Motor Vehicles is notified and she'd be subject to an under-20 hearing. There's also a major motor vehicle violation, so there's a habitual offender question, and there's also a point suspension issue as well. So there are some collateral consequences that are out there. I would encourage the parents to have a conversation with counsel about what those consequences would be in terms of looking at her overall motor vehicle record. But specifically, the speeding alone, unless it's subject to that other portion of the statute, there's that question of was it endangered lives and safety of the public. I would need more information to answer that specifically. Uh, point of order. It's my gavel. Uh, I actually use the gavel. Uh, so did you just <laughs> say a $500 fine with a 24% tax? Yes, it's called a penalty assessment, and it's assigned to fines, and what it's used for is to assist the training of police officers. In certain circumstances, courts can waive that if there's a specific financial issue, but I will tell you that almost in every circumstance, that is imposed. So, so when uh, I pay a fine, yes, sir. there's a freaking tax on it? It's called a penalty assessment. <laughs> That's and, ridiculous. And, well, it, it, it goes to pay for law enforcement uh, training. Look, I'm I, great. To go, uh, why doesn't part of the $500 just, yeah. go for that? So why is there a tax on a Just make penalty? it 550 or whatever, so, 525 Not to get too far into down <clears throat> the rabbit hole on this, but our, our state doesn't have a, a, a property tax or an income tax. So what <laughs> we, I have found, just by a man of being 44 years living and growing up in the state, is that we have lots of, if you will, hidden fees and, and taxes and expenses. And that's how the state funds our government. Our government needs money to operate, and so we've chosen this alternative model to alleviate having a broad-based tax. I'm not supporting a broad-based tax. I'm not saying it's no, a I good get thing it. or I bad get thing, it. but I I'm just it. saying that's how our government it's works. Just, it's just like an insult. It's like you add insult to injury, and I get it. You don't want to pay that tax. Don't do the, don't do the crime. Yeah, right. I, I fully understand it, but man, I never knew that they threw a tax yeah. on a penalty. That's 
It's I've never been crazy, assessment. Scotty. What do you got? You're okay. next. I have been. Uh, I have recently been renting my home for the past six months. Should I get something called umbrella insurance to protect my home as well as my retirement savings, just in case the renter should fall or get hurt uh, in some other way and choose to sue me and my homeowner's insurance? So what I would tell you is, if you're renting the home, then you should have renter's insurance that will cover you for the contents and certain circumstances in your house. This is more of an insurance question than a legal question, and I would direct you to speak with an agent about the levels of coverage that you need to protect your assets. From a legal perspective, I will tell you that I think it's good advice to have insurance because you never know if something will come up, and if you ultimately were sued, you want to have that level of protection so your your retirement and those assets that you have are protected. But you know, from a legal perspective, that's how I'd answer that question. Okay. If someone is sued for bodily injury and found to be negligent, but they're on disability or state assistance with regard to income, can their wages be garnished? I would have to know more about the facts of that question. There's a lot to unpack in that situation. If the person is on disability and they obtained a judgment for themselves, could their wages be garnished? I'd, I'd want to know more about the facts before I answer that online. Okay. All right. Uh, my son broke off his engagement two weeks before the wedding. His former fiance requ- is, she, is his former fiance required to return the ring since it was a conditional gift and the wedding did not take place. Ooh, it depends they, on ooh. when the gift, or I should say, when the ring was presented. So. There's been case law, and I remember this from law school specifically, that if the Excuse ring... Excuse me. Pay attention, guys. Yeah. If, pay attention. Hold on a second. Hold on. We'll get to it. All the cool kids are doing it. Even if you're not married yet, it's happening. Go okay. ahead. Go back to you. So, okay. Back the jingles to for everything. So, I, I can see that. I love it. So what I would tell you is if the ring is presented on like a birthday or a holiday as a gift, then you have in fact presented it as a gift. There is no consideration. If it's not on one of those particular holidays, then there's a condition for which you may be able to seek its recovery. Gentlemen, ladies, whatever, that is why never do it on a holiday. Oh, yeah. Want to make a a big deal and do it in front of a family at Christmas? No. Well, I don't care where you do it or whatever. Don't do it on a holiday. And besides, make another day special. Why does he have to tag on to a holiday? Because it's not going to work. It, it, lots of men, they, they pick the 4th of July. They pick Valentine's Day. Is, is an Other guys pick pop- the 4th of July? Uh, you know, because Nobody fireworks. picks the 4th of yeah. July. Okay, maybe Dude. the 4th of July. Okay, well, I was, I was just thinking of my favorite holiday. So okay. anyway. Okay, all right. So, but I guess um, you know, the idea is that you don't want to present it in that circumstance because it may be construed as a gift and therefore not in consideration for the completion of the marriage. Okay, just it's smart advice. I mean, to think about it, you don't want to, it's unfortunate that when you're in love and you're at that point, you you're going to make that, that jump, that you would even think about no, that. You always nobody, think about that. You no, never, nobody does. ever You never prepare that. for your demise when you're totally in love and you think it's going to last forever. Always have a bug out bag. And let me tell you something. It does sometimes last forever. It, it's not in, a, in the movies. 50%, half, yes. and, and make it. And I would it. tell you that... And not, no, the, now there's it's getting... No, Right. It's actually, there's fewer and fewer divorces. Millennials right. are, are actually not getting married, so those statistics are changing. What I would tell folks that are, are contemplating marriage is that having a prenuptial agreement is not an indictment on your love for your partner, but it's a, a tacit recognition of the things that you've acquired 
prior to the marriage. Amen. It's not saying that you are, are going to, you're planning on a divorce, but if there's a disparity in wealth between the parties, then it may make sense to protect those assets should something go wrong because you've worked hard to develop those assets and develop that stature. It is not an indictment of the things that you would build together going forward. Try telling her that or, or him something. She could want right. what you but I was just going to say, I don't think it's exclusive to, to men or to women, but I would say that in <laughs> people are getting married later and later, so we've right. acquired more and more things. So let me ask you this. Yes. Are the, is it uh, unusual for uh, someone that isn't wealthy? Like every time you hear prenup, I think someone's wealthy, right? They want to protect their assets, and that's understandable. Nobody <laughs> wants to lose everything they've worked their entire life for. But does an average person, do average people do prenups? I, you know, unfortunately, I can't quote a statistic. I no, can't I'm just, tell you it, it's, an it's just an opinion. But I, but I would think that most people don't for yeah. the reasons that you said, said that they don't right. want to feign that they have any concern about the right. long-term viability of the marriage. Mm-hmm. But I would tell you that what I'm seeing as a general trend is, is people are getting married later, which means they've acquired more things. And all you're saying is that the things that you've acquired potentially at that point in the in your life prior to marriage, those are your assets, and things that perhaps you build together, those are the things that you might be able to subject to like an agreement in, in a divorce. Okay. I've been renting a house from my father-in-law for the past nine years. Due to separation from my husband, I'm moving. Uh, my husband has already found a new rental. I moved the majority of my things last weekend to a new place and informed him I would be moving the remainder of my things and cleaning this weekend. He informed me tonight that uh, he's changed the locks on the house. We do not have a formal rental agreement. Do I have any legal recourse in getting the remainder of my things? Absolutely. If there is a particular term of rent, for example, if you've been paying monthly and there is, a, for example, we'll use October, you pay on the first of the month, then you have that month term to exit the property. So you still have to follow the statute under yeah. RSA 540A in terms of notice to your landlord, and they can't use self-help to lock you out of the property. What I would tell you is that have a lawyer do this for you. Don't There's too much emotion between, I'm sure, the parties for you to do this on your own. I think it would be best to have someone with an outside view look at this. There you go. The music. No, the, well, the music. Oh, oh. We got, we're going to go to the break, right, right. and we're going to come right. back. You've I'm done sorry. nothing wrong. Okay. <laughs> I thought I got the gong. Like, you're done. You haven't got the, Get the out gong. Of here. Okay. Okay. It is. Let's uh, see what we can teach him on this. I break. know. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. More of your questions. Still time to get them in. Email them. Greg Roadkill Laura at morningbuzz.com. We'll ask the counselor when we come back. We'll be right back. Oh, watch out for that flying guitar sting.